This is Randy Rosetta with HubCityPreps.com. I'm out in Wolferth for the football version of Tiger Tracks podcast this week. Pretty cool that there's a week to be talking about for the first time since 2019. I'm with Jay Northcutt. You guys are getting ready for a playoff game. Not only a playoff game, but a playoff game at home against, I want to make sure, El Paso Eastlake. Yes, sir. Eastlake and Eastwood always confuse me a little bit because they're in the same district. And I think they played each other to Last end the regular season. So. They did. But we're out here talking foot playoff football, and I know just thinking about that brings a little bit of a smile to your face. This has been a uh, this has been a really good season for you guys, and this is a reward. It's a reward, but you guys have some stuff left to accomplish. Sure, you know, and thank you for that, Randy. Um, yeah, it is special to to be in the playoffs, you know, because it's hard to get here, you know, in a, a district like the you know like what we have, and um, just really proud of our our kids and coaches for. The, the year, the regular season that we've had so far. Um, you know, one of our goals was to, you know, win a district championship. And then another one is that we're working on now was to, to go win some playoff games, you know. And so there's a lot of things that had to happen in between, you know, starting and now to, to get to this point, you know, that we were more focused on than, actual, than the actual goals. And that was just what we were doing daily, you know. And so just really proud of our kids for buying into that idea uh, and getting us to this point. Well, I want to talk about what lies ahead here in a little bit. But I want to look back because to get all of that we talked about, share of a district championship, home playoff game, you guys had to play well against San Angelo Central. And I told you after the game, that thing turned into a defensive, old school, run, run the ball. I don't want to say Steve Parr type struggle, but it was, <laughs> it was you guys running the ball well and you guys' defense coming up against them and stopping their running game in the second half where they were the keys. Yeah, I think that sums it up, you know, and we might have still thrown it a little too much for, you know, for Coach Steve Parr. Yes. Um, of course, Seth somehow did, you know, get him to loosen up on the throw there well, late. But, uh, you know, really proud of how we finished because we kind of had to, uh, you know, to adapt uh, in that game, especially offensively, you know, and I think – your best teams are ones that can adapt. Um, you know, we, by all means, put an emphasis on the passing game out here, but, you know, Central did their darndest to, to really just dare us to run the ball. And so we obliged them, you know, doing that. And I think we ended up rushing for, a, or, you know, 220 some odd yards, you know, in that game. And so I think we showed, number one, that we can run the ball, and then number two, that we have another dimension to our offense that, that we can also use uh, to have success. And it wasn't 220 easy yards. It was 220 grinded out yards. A lot of times you'll see those stats and somebody's run for an 80-yard touchdown, but no, yours were. Now, Sebastian, somebody I want you to talk about, had a couple of nice big runs, but it was more the two Hutchison's. Not necessarily between the tackles, but those were hard physical yards that you guys had to get. They really were. And like you said, there weren't a lot of just huge explosive run plays. You know, they were little chunks uh, that ended up adding up, you know. And then you brought up Sebastian. You know, he's just a kid that uh, has been a great teammate, you know, and really embraced his role. And then it got to a point where I think nobody was worried about him. Not that he can't run the ball, but they weren't worried about him getting the ball right. to run. <laughs> and so I think that kind of paid off for us because they didn't account for him and, and uh, he able, was able to have or make the most of the opportunities that he had. 
And when you get all those eyes on Hudson and on Landon on your receivers, that last his last touchdown. Now the line gets some credit because they crushed that left side in, but I think when he got to the outside, it's like the Red Sea opened up. There was there wasn't a whole lot of humanity out there. No, there really wasn't, and we had had that kind of happen a couple other times in the game to that formation, and we ended up putting you know trips into the boundary, and they really just over adjusted to that, worried about us doing something over there, and I think that's what opened up you know the backside of that that formation for for Sebastian and the O line. And he was honest. I asked him after the game if he was surprised that his number was getting called, and he said, "Yeah, I was, was kind of surprised, <laughs> but it it uh, he delivered, yeah. and he delivered." And I thought just as important, the first play of the game, when Hathaway got a 33-yard run right off the bat, and that immediately makes the defense think, we got to do some different things here. You know, for sure. Um, and one thing that's, that's kind of helped, uh, you know, throughout the season, especially here late, is, you know, we're running some plays. We're on that particular play early in the game where Sebastian had that long run. You know, there was an RPO with that. And so Hug could have thrown it to the left or he could have thrown a screen to the right. Well, the defense, you know, planned for that. And when I say they dared us to run, they had no one in the box hardly. You know, we outnumbered them in the box. And so that opened it up, opened up those holes for Sebastian because of that. So I was trying to explain to your former Plainview classmate, my wife, how offensive coordinators think sometimes. It's like you just said, sometimes the quarterback just has to get up and mentally count guys. How many are in here? And I'm assuming you give HUD the flexibility to adjust the play. I don't know if change is the right word because you guys have a system where there's a lot of different things. But sometimes it's as simple as if there's this many guys, we can do this. If there's this, we're going to try something different. It really is, you know, and we try to, to not make it too complex, you know, for sure. And HUD makes a lot of decisions in our offense. Um, and the reason he does that is because he can. You know, he has, he's got a great mind for the game. Um, and he's really good at the decisions that I just described with, with the RPOs and knowing where the best place is to, to put the ball. And sometimes that's just running the ball. And sometimes it's just telling Leighton or Tate to just run as far as you can. I'll just throw it up and you can go catch it. That it is. That's that pretty it is. smart. That's <laughs> smart coaching and smart quarterbacking <laughs> when you can get those guys to do it. You couldn't do that very often the other night, which you kind of talked about. You had to adjust. But now, starting with Eastlake, now teams have to kind of – their defensive coaches are going to have a little bit more on their plate to think about both getting ready and Friday night for you guys. Well, and I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Randy, because that was our exact conversation as a staff this weekend was just the great thing about us having the night we did running the ball, you know, that just – makes us that much harder to prepare for because Central's, you know, game plan was just to dare us to run. Well, you know, we we did. We ran and had success doing that. So I think that's just going to make us harder to prepare for. I think the fact that Landon plays everywhere, he's in the backfield and all the different spots in the backfield. You know, plays slot receiver. <laughs> yeah, he covers onside kicks. He returns and all that. But, you know, offensively just moving him around and, and getting him different touches in different fashions is – Another thing that adds a dimension to our offense that's hard to prepare for. And then I think you got to throw in uh, Tate Beals and Leighton Stone and their ability to stretch the field. And, you know, don't forget about Brooks. You know, Brooks is a great receiver. He's like know. the Santiago – I keep saying Santiago. He's like the uh, Sebastian of the receiving core. He 
maybe hasn't put up the glossy numbers, but you know he's there. He really is, and at any moment he could have a breakout game. You know, he he finished the year last year as our leading receiver. Yeah. Uh, you know, once Tate got hurt, so you know I think all those combined, and then you you figure in our O line and HUD. That that's just a pretty, been a pretty good recipe. Well, let's switch over to the defense because your defense had had a couple of weeks there where they didn't the Permian game in particular. They couldn't come up with that key stop here or there to get Permian off the field. Now, I didn't see the Odessa game. I know you guys took control of that, but they kind of reverted back to form where, yeah, you're going to get some yards, you're going to get some points, but at some point that defense decided we're going to stop you. We're going to, we're going to create, we're going to redirect the game a little bit. And I thought that second half was pretty impressive that, in that regard. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, you know, our defense, uh, you know, they, they had struggled a little bit, you know, in some different areas, stopping the run and struggled just tackling. Um, Which and that was their a, defense, that quarterback for Central, physically, speed-wise, was as good as I saw you guys play this year. I agreed. I thought he was uh, one of the top players just, among, you know, beyond being a QB that we had faced, you know, uh, all year, especially his ability to run and throw. Yes. He, he was a good one, you know, but um, – we put a big emphasis on tackling and finishing off plays, and uh, not that that's not normally an emphasis, but when you're struggling, you got to put a little extra emphasis. And I thought that paid off for us. And I know our kids just played with a lot of passion, and they played with just a will to win. And I know that was a, a, a big deal in that game as well. This is easy to say. 2020, we, I mentioned the missed extra point that haunted you a little against Permian. Those kids, they remember that. And they go down at halftime, 21 to 20. I'm sure the defensive guys were thinking, not again. We're going to figure out some way to, to kind of erase that memory a little bit. And I, I'm trying to remember if your first series or second series, you got the fumble. And I mentioned that to you the other night. That flipped the game completely around because they had still had a little confidence from the first half. But once Garza got that fumble, that seemed to switch momentum to you guys once and for all. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, anytime you get a turnover in a big game like that, it's huge. And I think another big uh, moment in that game was getting the onside kick to start the first mm -hmm. half. Yeah. I mean, that was huge, and that was one of the reasons that we went ahead and rolled the dice on that. We just knew that if we could, be, you know, if we could get in a situation where we could get the ball both halves, you know, and have have those extra possessions, that was huge. And sure enough, it was. You know, winning by nine points. Mm -hmm. I think you could really attribute it to to those two plays. And one thing we talked about after the game as well was Jeremiah Adams missed the extra point. And at 6A football, you just it's, a, it's almost automatic. It, I know it's not, but you almost think in your head, we've worked on this, these guys know what they're doing. He showed me something by coming back. You sent him out for a field goal. Now, it wasn't a long field goal, but kickers, are like they can let that get in their heads a little bit. He just went out there and made the field goal, kicked that late extra point, which was huge because you mentioned Nine-point lead is a lot different than an eight-point lead. Absolutely, and uh, just proud of him for, for working through that, you know, mishap with that because at every position, you know, you have moments in a game where, you know, things don't go right, and sometimes those things can cause you to make more mistakes, you know. But, you know, one thing we preach is that next play mentality, and, you know, another big thing is we want to play to win. We don't want to be out there worrying about messing up. We know we're going to mess up sometimes. You know, we want to go out there and play to win and, and let the mistakes happen where they where they happen and learn from them. Kickers don't get as many plays to 
having to erase the nasty taste, so he he kind of had to stew on it a little bit. Um, let's switch to East Lake. Now they didn't have a real good week last week, but they're in the playoffs for a reason. They did some things along the way to to get to this point. What do you see about them that jumps off the page? Well, you know, I think for one, you got to consider that they're in a nineteen district. You know, so they only played one non-district game, I believe. Wow. Um, and so for the for them to be one of the top four teams in their district, that says a lot about just their ability to claw and scratch their way in. You know, and uh, they're a good team. They've got some explosive players. You know, on both sides of the ball, um, they do. They have some good schemes. Um, they're pretty disciplined on defense, and so. You know, just like always, I think it's going to be a tough game. You guys went through this in 2019. El Paso football is a lot different than it was when you were growing up. It, it was almost teams out here would get a, a game against the El Paso team and not think that they had to show up and play. You guys got a good dose of it in 2019. That was a good team you played. And not, none of these guys were around. I guess they would have been eighth graders. Yes, sir. So, But they – are observant enough and they've got coaches who can remind them that don't don't look at the El Paso, don't look at the record, just look at what you see on video. These guys are going to come to play. Yeah, the, the whole El Paso area has improved in terms of, of just playing uh, football. Um, and there's some good teams out there, you know, and, and there's some teams out there that have had success uh, in recent years, you know, making runs in the playoffs. So you can't take any of them lightly. How far did the team that beat you in 19 go? Did they go a couple rounds deeper? Um, I think they, they ended up getting beat the next week. Okay. But, but they, they were, were a good team. Yeah. They had the running back that wound up somewhere maybe in Arizona. I believe that's where he went. Yeah, and yeah he was a good He one. was the real deal. He was. So, he was. But you guys are playing well. You, you mentioned them getting through their district, and you kind of talked about it. Getting through your district <clears throat> says something about you guys. When I got back, or you know, I started seeing the four teams to the playoffs. I'm like, that that's watered down, but not in your district. In your district, you have to, you have to yeah. punch the time clock six times, six times, five times. Now that Abilene uh, Highs, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to go to work five weeks in a row and make something happen, and you guys did that. You know, uh, and that's one of the, I think most, the things I'm most proud of with this team is is every game was a battle. And every game we, we fought till the end. Um, we hadn't had a game this year that, that wasn't close in our district or even our non-district for that matter. And so these guys have just, you know, continually found a way to win. And I think that's one of the biggest strengths of our team and that's what makes them a special group. Yeah. Twos and threes didn't get a whole lot of chances with you guys. You had to go start to finish with your first team guys most of the time. Yeah, we really have, and that, that's another facet of this team is, is we got a lot of guys that have played very little, you know, at their primary position, and then we have some that hadn't played a lick. Um, but we've had a lot of good teammates. You know, we hadn't had people that have gotten sour about it. They're just uh, really been supportive and had a positive attitude about being on the team. They've continued to work hard, and uh, I think that's just indicative of, of a group of guys that have a lot of character, you know, and I have as much respect for those guys as I do anybody that's, that's uh, you know, started and played every snap. You could tell that with the celebration the other night. There was a joy, sense of relief, all kinds of stuff just bundled up. That was, was cool to watch. And I know 
you were in the middle of it. Felt cool too, Randy. It did. Other than that ice bath I took, but I'll I'll take it. Those guys (laughs) found just about every coach, from what I can tell. They got. Yeah. I know they got. uh, Yeah. Caden was there. Was a we had a picture of Caden and his position coach, (laughs) and he was soaking wet. So. Yeah, they made the most of their opportunities with the ice bath. There you go, and that kind of sums up friendships regular season so far as they get ready for the Class Six A playoffs, Division Two against El Paso Eastlake, 6 p.m. Friday, out here at People's Bank Stadium. This is Randy Rosetta with this week's edition of the Football Tiger Tracks podcast.